0: Welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political podcast. I'm Jennifer Corron
1: And I'm Drew Gilbert.
0: And we are back. We survived the summer that was 2020. Uh, when last we met, we had the lovable Jim Byard in, in here in our studio. Yeah. Had a lovely conversation with him. I remember as we quit recording, he looked at his phone and said the governor of Pennsylvania had just shut down schools that yep. day. Yep. And within a week, um, the world went to hell in a handbasket. And at some point along the way, we just lost the handbasket.
1: Yeah. It's just, it, yeah. That's so, the most polite way to put it. Congratulations there. Because um, mm-hmm. that's exactly what uh, this year So there have been. been some
0: national things. Um, mm-hmm. We have both had some personal adversity in losing family members uh, to a piece for each of us. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the era of COVID and and family stresses and everything, uh, it was just not the appropriate time to get together and yuck it up about any of this stuff. But here we sit right before an election.
1: And it's might the thing have heard we, about that. And it's the thing we like to talk it's about. It's the thing we do. So we decided we'd let y'all listen and we in. And decide,
0: we decided to bring it back. Yeah. And uh, we've also made a little bit of a switch. There won't be for, uh, this will be season three for us technically. And our plan is not to have guests as we had mm-hmm. in the past. We've decided that we're just going to kind of uh, talk it out like some of our favorite political podcasts. We're just going to get together on a weekly basis and just uh, throw around Did that just happen? What does that mean, kind of situation?
1: let's, Let's just all let's all be honest with one another. Uh, with the two candidates we have going into this general election, mm-hmm. we're gonna have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Did that just happen? And oh, it man. did. Did he just forget where he was or what he, he was did. supposed to say? Mm-hmm. We're gonna get them. We all he know really it. He really did. Uh, so let's just let's enjoy them together. That's you know? one
0: reason why we can't go back. I thought briefly. Well, maybe we should we should not recap everything, but maybe just pick one story a piece that we wanted to go over of like past history, and then decided I don't think we can even do that because no. so much happened that I don't even know. We just have to just, we just have to just, hashtag moveon.org. <laughs> it's
1: a clean slate. We're we just going can't. here forward. We can't um, do that. Where were we in the cycle of all this? Uh, last we left off, I think we still had Bernie and Joe. Yes, there Everyone were still was there, so there was still a couple of candidates. Where, we know where and we are now.
0: vice presidential candidate had obviously not mm-hmm, been selected. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there had not been at that particular time the uh, the protests, the uh, the racial protests, a, which came here to Walker County, County for the first mm-hmm. time that I can recall. Uh, well, Major, we've really been
1: seeing that hit our sports world, uh, mm-hmm. collegiately and on the national level mm-hmm. as well. Sports um, and so of that, course, that's been a big story. The, the virus same.
0: churned and churned and churned. School let out. Um, no school. No vacations. Yeah. Anything like that. Um,
1: it's a different year. Mm-hmm. It uh, has
0: been the longest year of my life, without a
1: doubt. We had also, just about the time the podcast let out, personal note, uh, we're kind of announcing my wife was pregnant with our mm-hmm. second child. Uh, it's been long enough since mm-hmm. we have another podcast. She's about to pop, so mm-hmm. we're going to have our second child <laughs> so any day now. <laughs> right. uh, so, so it's that's been a while. A, that's a thing.
0: It's been a minute. hmm mm-hmm. So, uh, so no guest for, uh, for season three. Just me and you talking through before the election, up to the election, mm-hmm. after the election. Because election night will go on uh, for a few days. Yeah, I don't think most people one. realize mm-hmm. that.
1: this isn't going to be a. I think there, you know, there could potentially be enough data to call it uh, on election night if if it's swinging one way or the other. Um, but there, there's just going to be so much mail-in ballots of, mm-hmm. of people that don't want to go to the polls, mm-hmm. uh, as it relates to COVID nineteen, and that's going to really change. I know that. Let's see, what was I? Seventh or eighth grade? What grade were you in with uh, Bush Gore?
0: I believe that was 2000. We were the uh, you were the eighth, the eighth grade the class eight, yeah. of 2000.
1: So um, I remember that one lingering, and it was mm-hmm. all specifically about Florida, mm-hmm. and and that was intriguing honestly mm-hmm. even as it which a, a once again grader, is going to this determine have, so much this is going to have some of that same intrigue, mm-hmm. i think this mm-hmm. time around but it's going it, to it's just going to feel it's going to feel mm-hmm. different this one's going to be a lot different uh,
0: so our goal is to be back uh, weekly i believe mm-hmm. we've tentatively discussed hopefully mm-hmm. we can uh, we can put the podcast out on on Tuesdays uh, again current events not not historical stuff just because this is the moment that we live in um, things we are living through history. So mm-hmm. um, so here we are. And speaking of living through history, topic for today. Mm-hmm. Um, if not for what happened on Friday, we might be sitting here talking about, you know, the election process and stuff like that. Um, but as it is, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, passed away on Friday. Can't say that was totally uh, unexpected.
1: i, f- I f- feel like she's obviously had a rough health year mm-hmm. this year and um had cancer um, several times several times in and this one years. really felt like it was kind of doing her in and uh, i really feel like she was clinging mm-hmm. uh, in the hopes of a president that more aligned with her views to replace mm-hmm. her and honestly it really feels like that mm-hmm. um i hate to politicize the court but we politicize everything right mm-hmm. now so um it felt like she was trying to make it to january and mm-hmm. hope for the best um and um uh, But uh, even though it wasn't, it was
0: def, it's definitely a cultural. Uh, moment, her passing, because as we just said before we started to record, most people probably could not name another Supreme Court justice if really pressed. Uh, I mean, whether they love or hate, uh, well, with the exception of uh, Brett Kavanaugh, probably probably someone, yeah. a lot of people probably That's know Brett name Kavanaugh's name because it's recent. It.
1: We get to watch that, that reality show. On but most people,
0: um, you know, with the exception of those two, probably could not name you a third uh, Supreme Court yeah. justice.
1: Well, and I even, I made a comment off mic earlier um, um, you know, Donald Trump's had two appointees, mm-hmm. and I would I would say that even his most verdant followers um, couldn't name me the other couldn't one. Couldn't name the other one because <laughs> it, it um, kind of was a little quieter nomination process.
0: And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, the notorious RBG, not a label that she gave to herself, um, is just an interesting figure she because is. if you were from Mars and you came down, and I told you, here's our Supreme Court, and here's what it does, and and One of these individuals is a... As close as you kinda of get to a, a rock star, mm-hmm. like a pop culture, mm-hmm. like there are handbags and there Absolutely. are little stuffed like figurines of this person, like she, this person is just a rock star.
1: She spoofed regularly which, on skit comedy, mm-hmm. like Saturday Night Live. She appears yeah. right. I mean she was a big deal. So
0: just look at this panel and choose one <laughs> which, of them, one of them is? that is just I mean, uh, a pop a pop icon. Mm-hmm. I don't think our Martian would necessarily pick the little lady down there in the weird collar and say, I bet it's that one.
1: No, that's right. I mean, she
0: just carries herself like someone who has just that spark of something. Yeah. Like she's, the kids love her. The Mm -hmm. kids love that one. Right. Probably wouldn't do that. (laughs) Probably wouldn't do that.
1: But but yet, that's exactly what she was. That's what she was. Um, She was iconic. I mean, obviously in her career, and I I know you're going to dive into more of that before she gained this pop culture mm-hmm. icon status of the last decade and uh, before she gained this reputation of dissenting from the bench and standing up to um, the, the rest of the court mm-hmm. um, um, she was she fought cases in the Supreme Court mm-hmm. as an attorney she was the second woman ever appointed to the bench um, she was actually a pretty moderate judge by all of her records standards uh, but she was building this legacy f- mm-hmm. for 20 years before we made As her As one icon. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I'll let you dive in more to that, but we only know really this last decade mm-hmm. of her iconic life. And, for sure. And there was so much before. Well, because that. she wasn't the
0: first. And so much of that comes um, you know, with the being the first. That's right. And she was not. She was the second. Right. Um so my intent isn't to go over her full her full bio. I mean as I put on the Facebook page, a lot of people are gonna say things, write things, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um I've pulled the information that I thought maybe I hadn't seen other places and that I thought was uh was locally relevant. So uh for from uh i forget if it's the uh the bronx or brooklyn i mean just mm-hmm. she's from new mm-hmm. york um obviously and you don't just become a feminist icon which she was uh, definitely just because something happens and so i, I found this in some of the research uh, her mother died Um, Right before she was going to graduate from high school, she had cancer Mm -hmm. and she learned she was Jewish and she learned that apparently there is a quorum of 10 uh, men, 10 people needed in order to say prayers for the dead women uh, do not I don't know if this has changed but women did not count toward that that quorum
1: I think it changes from uh, kind of area to area I think mm-hmm. that's kind of a localized decision within the Jewish community now so you still are going to have some of those that are staunchly mm-hmm. in favor of the old method
0: uh, so this, this goes back a long way with her and that's where a lot of her dissents come from her most fierce uh, dissents which she was famous for usually involved mm-hmm. women's issues um, so there are several Alabama connections inclu- including the first case that she ever argued before the Supreme Court. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm gonna, I'm probably going to say this name wrong. Uh, Frontero versus Richardson was the case. It was mm-hmm. in in 1973, and it was um, an Air Force lieutenant, female, mm-hmm. who was asking uh, for a dependence allowance for her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was medical and housing and that type of thing. So wives uh, were automatically, you know, considered dependents. Yep. You know, if if you were a male. Um, member of the military, but um, men had to prove that they were dependent on their wives for over one half of their support. Right. And so she asked for him to be labeled as a dependent. It was turned down and it eventually Mm -hmm. went all the way to the Supreme Court.
1: And And so so to be clear there, she was actually fighting for a man to get the same treatment mm -hmm. that female spouses got. Mm hmm
0: Which... um, I read a book several years ago. It's called Sisters in Law. It actually compared and contrasted the lives and careers of uh, Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it is telling, we will see this again in the next case, that the cases she took on Early in her career with the ACLU and the women's rap projects and things like that are not the cases you might think they were about, you know, the woman. What you're doing is um, hurting the woman in this case. She specifically sought out and, and used cases in which the man was the one in which... The uh, the the, whatever it is, the practice Mm -hmm. law or whatever was being discriminated against, right? Because you are going up before a panel of judges, uh, who would be all male, so it would be very beneficial to show them that this particular law hurts men, men. whether or not whatever it does to women, it hurts men, even though
1: primarily. She was dealing with the oppression of women. Of course. She was using the. But the that wasn't a strong enough found, argument. Yeah, when she found those moments.
0: So they actually. Yes. Well, and it was <laughs> when I saw that, that's when I was just like. Well, and that was a decision that she made specifically. She specifically, there were cases that she did not take that she could have taken because uh, she knew that they wouldn't generate, of course, the media attention and and it would not, uh, the sympathy of the court Mm -hmm. would not be with her in the Mm -hmm. way that it would be in some of these other cases. So it was a very strategic decision that she made. Mm-hmm. Um, so she won that one and it involved, I don't know if I mentioned the reason we're talking about that is uh, this lady was in, um, was here in Alabama. The, the, the She was stationed in what would be our our Air Force Base uh, in Montgomery. Montgomery. She was mm-hmm. in Montgomery. And so uh, it was the first case that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg ever argued before the Supreme Court and uh, they won that one. Now by the time that was being argued and, and decided and everything, it was decided in 1973. I believe the couple had actually actually um, divorced. And so at that point, the the benefits that were in question were no longer, um, it no longer mattered to that particular couple, but it was still, uh, it set precedent going into the future that mm-hmm. you couldn't just, you know, say that you have to prove in this case, because uh, I believe the, the husband was in school or something is the reason that was That's working, correct. that, yep. you know, that she was, um, she was, of course, had the salary and she was supportive him through school, and that's why that would be quite beneficial. Um, so uh, so that was one Alabama case. The second Alabama case that she was involved in is the one that famously, uh, made her the icon, the I-descent icon, mm-hmm. and it was to do with the uh, the Voting Rights Act. Shelby County versus Holder was the official uh, was the official case. And so, uh, as I recall, mm-hmm. it basically high level view, uh, if you wanted to change polling places or or make thing, you know, make some changes. Um, and in and here in Alabama and other places, because of the Voting Rights Act, you had to um, you had to request that That's you right. couldn't just do it mm-hmm. because back in the day, you know that was obviously a way to disenfranchise people. That's correct. Uh, so in 2013, there was a 5-4 opinion, a very um, common uh, vote. For mm-hmm. the Supreme Court 5 4, mm-hmm. but they declared that specific part of it um, unconstitutional. And so the state of Alabama, that's why your Shelby County no longer had to, uh, or anybody didn't just apply to Alabama, but you no longer had to abide by that portion of the Voting Rights mm-hmm. Act. Um, and as I was telling you, so <laughs> to dissent as a justice, you get to, you know, concur with the majority opinion. Uh, basically, you can just sign on with what, uh-huh. you know, the one person writes, you can write your own opinion or you can write a dissent. Mm-hmm. Uh, she became very popular for writing dissents and not only writing them, but reading them from the bench,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which according to court custom is very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, it is one thing to dissent to read one's dissent aloud from the bench uh, is really trying to highlight the fact that you believe the majority... Got this wrong. They got it very wrong. Mm-hmm. History will prove them incredibly wrong, and they might be morons. Just quite frankly, they might be. So one reads one's descent from the bitch. That year she did so five times in one court term, mm-hmm. which, uh, is which broke an a extremely f- high fifty-year record. Yeah. yeah. Some justices may not do that at all. Uh, She did that with the the Shelby County dissent. Um, And one of the famous lines from it is basically saying that, um, so to just suggest that we don't need the Voting Rights Act uh, anymore because we don't have the disfranchisement that Mm -hmm. we once did. Mm -hmm. did. So to throw out the Voting Rights Act now is like throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm because you're not getting wet. (laughs) That was part of that opinion. And so after that one, uh, I believe some college student or something kind of took up the iDescent label.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, that's where you get and it, memes. It, yeah, and it
1: became a pretty big thing. All sort yeah. of
0: things. So the whole notorious RBG thing came about in 2013 because of a case that involved, uh, evolved Alabama. And the other big one was Lily Ledbetter uh, versus Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. A lot of people know the name Lily Ledbetter because there's a Fair Pay Act named after her. But a lot of people don't remember when her case went to the Supreme Court in 2007, she actually lost it. So the Supreme Court found against her. They found yeah. at the time the statute of limitations had passed even though she had well, not received her. Uh,
1: there's some meat on that bond too. Mm-hmm. The, the reasoning they gave was basically from the time of her first pay period mm-hmm. was the, when notice was given mm-hmm. and, um, the, the, what seemed to be the flaw in the logic was that when you get your first paycheck, do you know the rate of pay of mm-hmm. all the people of other mm-hmm. generations right. <laughs> like And she didn't know yeah, until she was aware. about to retire. That's I mean, right. it was like 20 years yeah.
0: later when she yeah. found out and everything. So uh, before the Supreme Court, again, she lost. Later, mm-hmm. you know, her name has, has been on legislation that's known as fair pay. Uh, once again, we have a 5-4 majority, and she delivered uh, that dissent from – the bench um, Also uh, Lily Ledbetter Had actually won In a lower court system She'd actually won The money She mm-hmm. won uh, 3.8 mm-hmm. $3. million dollars So what the Supreme Court Did there Was take a A decision That had been made In Lily Ledbetter's Favor mm-hmm. And basically and so Reverse yeah. Reverse that yeah. Um So uh, that also involved, because uh, Goodyear uh, Tire, that was in Gadsden, She was an Alabama Mm -hmm. native, and Mm -hmm. that in Gadsden. So uh, once again, the dissent was written by Ruth Bader Ginsburg and had Alabama's name all over that one. Ms.
1: Ledbetter has continued. uh, Her name ended up being attached to a Fair Pay Act Mm -hmm. uh, a few years later. Mm -hmm. And then she's actually uh, still a... A champion Outspoken. Uh, for the cause. Mm-hmm. I know that she she did an interview with Senator Jones uh, mm-hmm. last week, so mm-hmm. she's still very much involved right. in that conversation mm-hmm. of, of equal pay. But at women. the time that
0: she encountered uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, yeah. she was none of that. She was yeah. just a woman who deserved more money That's for right. the work she had done as That's supervisor right. for a really long and time. When she figured it out, she and the asked Supreme for it. Court at five to four said, eh, there you know there's just this technicality here that we can't get past." So uh, yeah. no. Just and so no.
1: since that time. Um, we've had two more women go on the bench since that case was decided mm-hmm. because we got uh, Kagan and Sotomayor, Sotomayor. Mm-hmm. in that time. So we, had, we have those; those two women are still serving. And then uh, President Trump seems to have committed himself to replacing Ms. Ginsburg with a female. So mm-hmm. um, obviously, that can always help when you have. Uh, you know, a little bit of diversity in the people making the decisions. Right. Um, Someone that could, could feel where, which
0: Obama may go down in history. um, As the only president, I have a list here of, of, um, the justices that have been mm-hmm. appointed by various presidents, mm-hmm. he only had two. He
1: had two, and He and nominated those, Merrick Garland, and those and were
0: his political. two, right? Yeah. Who didn't who didn't make it? Yeah. So, it, to be confirmed to the bench, both of them were women. Mm-hmm. His two confirmed so,
1: were, were women. His third nominee was was a male. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I pulled that out. So, in the modern era, obviously FDR breaks all the rules because he, he was could. right. Yeah. He was we allowed it. President for <laughs> I mean. Oh, wow. He <laughs> and so he still had, would be He president. had nine. Kept him Somewhere he's still, yeah. he's still signing executive acts. How many
1: How many is after that? Uh,
0: so nine for him uh, uh-huh. that he confirmed to the Supreme Court. So which presidents do you think have had the most uh, individuals confirmed to the Supreme Court after uh, I'm gonna FDR? I'm going to guess they would
1: continue to be uh, – Older times of when you would have had more appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about since. FDR. I know Obama had two. Obama Clinton, had two. Did Clinton have three.
0: Uh, Clinton had two, and, I'm, and specifically two. confirmed several okay. of these. You know, nominated others, George but they J. didn't Bush work had, out. He
1: had John Roberts. I don't remember. Who. He had another one though, didn't he? Didn't
0: uh, he, he did. He had two.
1: Who's his other? Because um, I know he appointed the chief, the current chief justice. He did. So, so interestingly enough, in
0: I, I remember that. So did he appoint Scalia? Sandra Day O'Connor. I don't think that was uh, – he could have.
1: Because Scalia went on – no, Scalia went Older. on Supreme Court before Ginsburg, so yeah. that might have been H.W. that appointed um, him.
0: So he appointed um, John Roberts to fill um, Requin, uh, Rehnquist's seat, which is another yeah. fun yeah. fact that I have here, justices who have died in office. Um, But uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, initially he was nominated because Sandra Day O'Connor was stepping down. Mm -hmm. The first female Mm -hmm. confirmed as the Supreme Court was stepping down. And he appointed um, or nominated John Roberts. Mm -hmm. And then Rehnquist died throwing, uh, you know, the chief justice. And so that was kind of, I don't think it was completely unheard of that John Roberts would become chief justice without ever actually serving as justice. But he definitely withdrew that nomination and quickly threw him in for justice. Right. justice, and which I, is how you get to, today's chief justice.
1: Uh, from my point of view, I believe Mr. Roberts has served quite honorably in mm-hmm. the role of chief justice. So Sometimes
0: uh, quite to the dismay of the man who appointed him, which is also a thing about presidents and their Supreme yeah. Court appointments.
1: Well, but that, I mean... it if you really believe in the power mm-hmm. of American democracy, then they shouldn't do what you want to do We need do all the to time. believe in an independent judiciary. Uh,
0: so Eisenhower was the answer to our trivia question, right How many after did FDR. He have? Five. He had five confirmed the Supreme a, that's Court. a huge number. Nixon and Reagan both had four. Now this is interesting as you go down the line. So Ike had five. Nixon and Reagan both had four. The aforementioned Miss O'Connor being one of Reagan's. Since that time, confirmed the Supreme Court. Every president has only had two, huh? up to Trump, which is now he's. Now Right, so he's now... uh... Which,
1: Which honestly was... I don't want to get too political here. It was almost kind of a stolen third, like Obama mm-hmm. was the one that got lucky mm-hmm. and got the third. So right, did. and all
0: of these people have had other vacancies and other nominations. Specifically, this list about who have been confirmed. Right, and so if Trump um, were to nominate someone very quickly and get it confirmed very quickly, he would be the first president since uh, Ronald Reagan to have more justices confirmed than two confirmed ah. at the court. Well, I'll tell you, so uh, it's been a while.
1: A big change that we've had in modern day. Appointments is they're appointing them younger and younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, politically speaking, we're really taking advantage of the lifetime appointment, mm-hmm. and we're lacking those 40-somethings mm-hmm. that have had enough time to really build a base, an education, a career, and a family mm-hmm. and be ready to serve in a lifetime capacity. Wow. Um, Trump's frontrunner appears to be, a, I think she's 45, 46. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're doing that on purpose, and bold prediction Uh, If if Mr. Biden were to win the presidency in November and be sworn Mm -hmm. in in January, I think he'll have no Supreme Court appointments. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to serve one term. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's signing up for more than one. I think Mm -hmm. one's his number. And I believe with the youth... Movement that we've been appointing, um, I don't think he's going to get the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to appoint anyone. Right. I believe he's. Gonna so be there will be in series. history every yeah. president
0: you know up until now has had some. Yeah. He would make history if that were to become true yeah. by not and having I, I any. I really
1: believe if you just look at the numbers and the ages of the ones that have been appointed, and, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't look. Because you said is, is
0: strategic. Absolutely. It's absolutely strategic. <laughs> absolutely. That's how. That's why and you have the conversations about the the complexion of the court and whatnot for years to come. Personally,
1: so. for me, in a time of, of just so much political vitriol and just we just fight and we only talk about what we don't agree in i've really watched our supreme court be exactly what it was designed to be Mm -hmm. Um, you look at them make decisions that are you mentioned completely independent of the president Mm -hmm. that appointed them they're not going to play the games with you they're not they're not going to tweet with you they're not interested in that they're interested in the case as it pertains to law and and I may interpret it different ways, but so far uh, in this just really hot mm-hmm. climate we've had, the court is doing what the court's there to do mm-hmm. uh, and be an independent judiciary. So I've been very proud of that branch of government. And, and I continue to hold out hope for, you know, technically speaking, with Trump getting another appointee, we're replacing what would have been labeled as a liberal judge mm-hmm. with a conservative judge. So in technical terms, you would be stacking the court, six conservatives and three liberals. Mm-hmm. But you can look back at these votes this year on mm-hmm. items that were very important to President Trump. And on one of them, he had both justices that he appointed vote, you know, quote, unquote, against right. him. So um, which is I've got faith in the judiciary. which is
0: the um, the lifetime appointment, you know, the the reward so, of the lifetime appointment. Let me,
1: let me tell you, we've I'm going to we're going to get weird in here. Um, Josh and I were talking recently. My brother-in-law is my sounding board for politics. We tend to bounce a lot of this off one another throughout the day. Uh, so uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders, uh, back in 16, uh, when he was really a viable candidate, mm-hmm. no one expected to be a viable right. candidate, he was asking a lot of questions about Supreme Court appointments. And he had a theory that I believe he was going to test um, that the lifetime appointment is a lifetime appointment but it's not necessarily a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And so I believe he may have been interested in testing this theory. And so let's just say, and I'm overgeneralizing, but let's just say that on the court there were five conservatives and three liberal or four liberals. Mm-hmm. And he just took the five conservatives and he said, okay, well, your lifetime appointment now is in the D.C. Court of Appeals and yours is right. in the Southern District You can't be removed from the bench. And he's, mo- he's moving them to different benches. Mm-hmm. And then he nominates five justices to yeah. replace them on the Supreme Court. Well, then let's just say that, that they did that and then they fought that in court. Where is it going to go? Mm-hmm. It's going to go to the Supreme Court eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the five justices that are directly involved in the case can't mm-hmm. rule, and only the four that are left can. Mm-hmm. And it could have just opened this whole storm. Right. Of basically, whoever was president would move the entire Supreme Court to wherever they wanted them and then put their Supreme Court in while they were there. hmm which would have been that's an FDR plan God if awful, I ever though. heard one. <laughs> yeah, it would have just been wretched. Um, so how rare is, is it? I
0: think a lot case. of people uh, would make the false assumption that because it's a lifetime appointment, um, justices die in office again. Since Eisenhower, I guess yeah. this is what yeah, we consider the, the the modern era. Um, so how many justices have died in office now since 2016? We've now had two: yeah. uh, Justice Scalia, and now mm-hmm. Justice Ginsburg. we were
1: very close, by the way. That's, yes, that's something they that, were. That story seems to be coming out, so a lot of people should be more aware Mm -hmm. of that but this is Uh, Antonin Scalia was typically leaning to the conservative side of the court. Uh, Miss Ginsburg was typically leaning to the left side of the court. uh, And they vacationed together. Mm -hmm. And, and man, if that's just not a story for where we can be Yeah, she was quoted a lot after
0: he he died. Um, So we've now mentioned three. It's happened four times since Eisenhower, and we've mentioned those three names. Those were in the 2000s. um, uh, Rehnquist in in 2005, Scalia in 2016, and Miss Ginsburg in 2020. So that tells you, um, so right in Ike's time period, a Robert Jackson in 1954 okay, so, sorry, no so before Rehnquist died in 2005 no one no justice had died in office since 1954 I'll be they had all you know stepped aside, stepped aside as as which, obviously most justices have continued to which do. Ms.
1: Ginsburg had a lot of pressure during the Obama yes. administration to step aside mm-hmm. uh, so that Obama would get that appointment mm-hmm. and uh, as she does in her whole mm-hmm. life I think just she shot decided him, shot him a bird and kept walking right I don't <laughs> think you could decide that <laughs> she said no thank you i'll leave when i'm ready uh yes but and, to, and a lot of people have animosity to credit, about that, to but... her credit she's obviously had the failing health this entire year mm-hmm. and we've all it's been in the new cycle mm-hmm. of uh you know different procedures she kept showing up to work she did uh, she kept showing up for all these decisions mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about like a zoom call this woman mm-hmm. was there she was on the bench and she mm-hmm. was doing her thing and as a matter of fact um Justice Gorsuch when he when he came on the bench uh being Trump's first appointee mm-hmm. spoiler alert for all of you earlier. <laughs> That's there, our I other name that it. you mentioned. Um when he came on the bench, he made a uh, a huge point to talk about how accommodating Justice Ginsburg and her mm-hmm. staff were to his staff, mm-hmm. basically welcoming him to the court, showing him the ropes and and kind of, you know, putting him in his place. Mm-hmm. And ideally or ideology, ideologically, what word is that? anyway i'll
0: give you five dollars for it
1: i don't i don't need your money i'm just (laughs) gonna skip it um ginsburg and gorsuch are actually pretty similar in where they sit on the bench as far as they're they're both moderate judges they Mm -hmm. both have lived their careers kind of in the center one was appointed by a democrat one was appointed Mm -hmm. by a republican so again no matter where we want to be i mean that's what i want to see i want a judiciary that's interpret the law to me Mm -hmm. you know and then if we have problems with the law we legislate that's how this whole freaking thing works, and Mm -hmm. for some reason we get lost in that. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, One other quick thing I'll mention, and then we'll move on to some of the political stuff of it, because this is a political podcast. Another um, uh, case that she argued, uh, not as, again, she argued before the Supreme Court. It involved, um, and I I pulled the New York Times article from 1973 because I loved it. It begins, a woman lawyer from New York. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, uh, a woman lawyer. Mm-hmm. so this was a man, uh, whose wife had died in childbirth and he went to the social security office and, um, and was trying to seek benefits for himself and his son benefits that his wife would have been, um, eligible for if he had died, you know, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, his son was able to receive benefits. He was not able to, to receive benefits another w- another one of those cases uh-huh. of um she and the women's rights project of the american civil uh, liberties union which she helped found she was the initial uh, founder director i believe um, uh, took uh, took on his case uh, for that exact reason so he um, he was working a job but as a single father in 1973 to his credit he wanted to be as involved in his child's life. I mean, he was the mm-hmm. parent, and he recognized that. And obviously, um, benefits that his wife would have been entitled to would have helped make that a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And he was denied them, and she took them on. And um, they decided that case in uh, 1975 in his favor, mm-hmm. eight, 8 to nothing. So just as another example of those cases that um, that she took on strategically um, to prove that sexual discrimination does not always mean the woman is the victim That's right. of it. Yeah. Even um, though if it's primarily a w- woman is right. a victim, it can buy Obviously, both no one's going to argue mm-hmm. that, you know, that is not the overwhelming benefit of it. But sometimes our constructs that we have and our laws and things to say that a sexual discrimination does not just mean that uh, females are victims, men are victims of that same discrimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, he's in the role of what we would consider the stereotypical, you know, the caregiver and whatever, for no fault of his own. His wife died, it died in childbirth. And so we say you have a social safety net if you're a mother, but mm-hmm. we don't give you the same courtesy if you are a father trying to raise your newborn son. Mm-hmm. And so she, she took that case in one. Uh, so let's move on to the fact that, um, so we've seen this before. This is a rerun. Um, we've We're had a, su- see a different ending this time. We yeah. had a Supreme Court Justice die in February 2016. Uh, the aforementioned Justice Scalia, um, his replacement was announced, Merrick Garland, in March 2016. Mm-hmm. But within 24 hours uh, of Mr. Scalia passing away, uh, Mitch McConnell had already said that he thought uh, the American people should be involved in that decision and there should be no. Um, that vacancy should not be filled until after the election. Mm -hmm. So we're in February, March of 2016 and elections not until November. Um, in July of that year, by the way, interesting fun fact, um, there was a hundred-year-old record, so at that point, uh, Merrick Garland had been his nomination had been pending for 125 days, mm-hmm. the longest gap between uh, nomination and confirmation, and we know he was never he was never confirmed. So uh, July is when he July of uh, 2016 is when he is when he passed that. So. Um, the And by the way, I've written down, uh, there's a book by a Washington Post reporter, Confirmation Bias, that I read not too long ago, actually, scarily recent, that I decided to read this book that goes into all the politics of what went on around, you know, from the moment that uh, Justice Scalia was found deceased, I believe it was at some ranch, you know, out west mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the politics started right away. There was no, um, and I've seen this kind of thing on Facebook, like, you know, she's just passed away, um, you know, we there should be a time of respect and all that. Right. Um, just FYI, that respect was not given to Justice Scalia either. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it was Correct. within 24 hours that, that we, we were that talking about whether there was going to be mm-hmm. field or not. And he really... Uh, jump the gun on it. I don't believe that was uh, most people really thought that uh, McConnell would come out that quickly. I think there was a plan to do so um, gradually, you know, for everybody to come down on the same side. But within 24 hours of the death, uh, Mitch McConnell had already made his his uh, voice known. So Confirmation Bias is that book that takes you through the whole the whole history of what we lived through in 2016, if you care to go back to that. Uh, But here we sit And we are now, I don't even know how many days are we to election, I mean 40 something, uh, less than, I don't know, not that many. Um, Yeah, Um,
1: I mean 60 at the most. Yeah,
0: And the question has once again been raised. Again, we've already mentioned that it's quite rare that a justice would die in office, that a justice would die in an election year. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, what did I tell you those other two dates were? Uh, 2005 was Rehnquist, so that one didn't. Was that was term, not an election yeah. year. Um, so for for both of the last two to, to have happened in election years, it's mm-hmm. extremely, extremely rare. Um, but here we sit. And as you said, uh, the question of if there's going to be a different outcome, we don't know that, but there is definitely momentum moving in the direction of we are going to uh, get a nomination very soon, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be taken up, and that person uh, would fill that seat mm-hmm. uh, fairly quickly is what is like most likely to I happen. Would,
1: I would assume uh, we get the nomination, it looks like, late in the week. I think mm-hmm. President Trump is trying to respect the memory of, of Justice Ginsburg <laughs> yes. best he can <laughs> which uh, and hold the nom until... It's not funny, I but we,
0: I mean... It, it kind of is. It's it, a dog it, the, and the, the, show. the idea that it is, you know, and I just mentioned, you know, 24 hours, at what point does it become not respectful well it's like it's like fake respect right after the funeral have. right yeah. so there's yeah. at what I, I, point I, I, is I, I, no one going to say that's get, disrespectful at least we're
1: attempting some decorum here. right we're I'm, trying i'm here for it gold stars um, for that so they'll, they'll do the nomination they'll begin the the process of the hearings the hearings will be very similar i think to what you saw in cavanaugh's case uh, we're going to try to throw as much as we can to prolong it as mm-hmm. much as we can um I think ultimately we're going to see a confirmation, you know, at or around the election. Uh, and keep in mind, we elect a president in early November. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could literally confirm her in January with the same Senate. You know, yes, I have that written down here. A difference. I think the only difference there could be was um, in uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's McSally that mm-hmm. took the seat of the late John McCain uh, was appointed to the seat. My understanding is is that if she is defeated in the general election uh, by her Democratic challenger, who looks like he's probably going to defeat her, he's, he's, a, he's a favorite to mm-hmm. flip a seat. That's one of the ones. Um, my understanding is that he can actually take office before January because he would have been democratically elected, whereas she wasn't, and there's some mm-hmm. rules there associated with that. That could add one extra vote to the side of the Democrats. The ones to really look at, and let me be clear, I fully believe we're going to see a nomination and a confirmation mm-hmm. of that nomination. It actually looks like uh, President Trump's top five are qualified judges that unless they just find some right. dirt of murdering someone, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be confirmed. Um, the, the senators to keep an eye on, you've got two, you've got Miss Murkowski from Alaska. Uh, She's already said that she believes that whoever wins the election on November the 3rd should be the one nominating the judge. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a moderate Republican. Uh, Alaska has long been thought of as a very free-thinking state, and uh, I think she prides herself on not just towing the party line. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've also got... What's her face from Maine? She's in a, um, a dogfight, too. Susan Collins. Susan Collins. Um, she is. I'm
0: cheating, by the way. I'm looking at this AP I'm article. I'm trying to do it
1: from memory for the record for all those that can't see. I'm trying to pull this out of my brain. Uh, Susan Collins is in a dogfight up there. So she mm-hmm. is like the last surviving New England Republican. And uh, she's always been a moderate that didn't toe the party line as well. Uh, She really looks like she has a challenger this time, and she may very well lose her seat in November, uh, but she has also stated that she would not vote to confirm a Trump nominee Mm -hmm. until they see the results of the presidential election. Uh, the other wild card is always going to be Mitt Romney. Uh, he really, frankly, doesn't care what his party thinks about him ever, uh, which I actually kind of find endearing. Which is
0: the benefit of having the last name uh, Romney, Romney and its particular the, in history money, in the United States. Well, and the money that goes and with the money that, that goes last with
1: name, it. That helps to not care. He also represents a state that is okay being, you know, not confined to a party. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones that jump out. Uh, so well, we got to go back. The current makeup of the United States Senate is 53 Republicans and 47 Mm -hmm. Democrats. You only need a simple majority. You do. Uh, So you need 51 votes. Which
0: changed Um, and when? McConnell changed that as well. I don't know
1: that I agree with that as far as something like this should really be a 60-40 kind of thing. But also we're hyper-partisan now, so would you ever get anything done? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so you just need a simple majority to confirm these judges, which means the Republicans can lose three votes and they would have a 50-50 tie And uh, Vice President Pence could break the tie, and as we all know, he would break it in favor of President Mm -hmm. Trump's nomination. So they can lose three. Um, They've got the two that are definitely not going to vote for this nomination early. Mm -hmm. They may vote after the election, but they won't vote up to it. Uh, You've got Mitt Romney, who hasn't spoken yet that I've seen.
0: I haven't seen Um, either.
1: But he's always a wild card, and (laughs) frankly, he doesn't care for Donald Trump. So that's a Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, you've also got a, one really to keep an eye on to me is Cory Gardner. He's a senator out of um, Colorado mm-hmm. who used to be a purple state and has really leaned blue lately. He's in a dogfight because John Hickenlooper, who was the governor of Colorado – recently a presidential candidate, was the mayor of Denver and also was a brewery owner, um, which is where I find kindred spirit with him. Uh, He's pretty much destroying Courtney Gardner in the polls, Mm. and it has a lot to do with the voting makeup of Colorado has really shifted to the left over the last Mm -hmm. four, five, six years, and the Republican base doesn't exist anymore. If Cory Gardner wants to see a chance at winning, he has to appeal to the moderates. He has to appeal to the center, and I think the most centered thing you could do Probably not vote on this nomination. Mm-hmm. So he's one that really has some potential to shake things up. Uh, and, then, and then the other one is who's the guy from Iowa? He's a nut. He was over the judicial uh, committee. Oh is it yeah, Grassley. 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 Yeah. Grassley. Um, check his Twitter feed out when you get a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody let their peepaw get on Twitter. and he got <laughs> lost. <laughs> mm. He can't spell the word pigeon. Yeah. Uh, United States senator cannot spell. A very common bird. Uh, Anyway, he had made a comment when he was the chairman of the judiciary that he wouldn't let a nomination get out of committee in an election year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know no, who else made a similar comment no back in chairman. 1992?
0: Who's that? Our Democratic candidate. It's actually called the Joe Biden rule, and oh, they, use, they use that frequently. Talk um, to me. Yes, in 1992. I didn't look up the history of it, but uh, during the um, the Merrick Garland situation, Republicans frequently referred to of what they called is. the Biden rule well, because planning. he said that once the um, primary process had started, I believe is what mm-hmm. he said, once the primary and the political process mm-hmm had started, he did not believe it was appropriate for there to be um, nominations
1: and such to the Supreme Court. I get it, but you're also elected for a term, and so mm-hmm. while you're in your term, you serve. Right. Back to the so respect thing, at what yeah, point At what
0: point are you officially up
1: until the not day allowed you to make office, decisions you're, you're anymore? You're there to serve, and let's just mm-hmm. be very clear about what we're dealing with. In 2016, Mitch McConnell had the power to not not take a vote to get mm-hmm. a liberal judge on a court and take a chance that his Republican candidate won in November. Which he seemed like a, a long shot. He was taking a chance on a guy that he probably couldn't win. And I then mean, became we, reality. We remember the improbability of, mm-hmm. of Donald Trump's victory. Then it became a reality, so he got a conservative judge. Now he's got the opportunity to shoot one through real quick Mm -hmm. in a body that he's probably about to lose his majority. Mm -hmm. It seems at least quite possible when he loses his majority, he loses his job. He's the minority leader Mm -hmm. now and not the, the majority leader. So it has nothing to do with decorum and rules and what we should and what we shouldn't do. It has everything to do with grabbing the power for our side while we can. Right, that's what we do. That's, Absolutely, that's how the whole thing freaking works. Absolutely. So, um, I really wish they would quit talking to us the way that they do. And mm-hmm. I, I really, literally, I Just wish say Mr. McConnell so. would take a microphone and be like, "Look, I got the power to do this." In case y'all it missed
0: it, yeah. I won.
1: Yeah, I'm here. This term's almost over. We won the election. So McConnell's got a challenger in Kentucky that's not going to beat him, but she's actually kind of chinked the armor a little bit. Kentucky's a little bit of a weird voting state. Mm -hmm. They voted very similarly to us in in terms of for President Trump. Mm -hmm. They were a good... 80% Eighty wow. percent of the vote, or something crazy, uh, but they also elect Democrat. They have a Democratic governor, I think. I think that's true. Uh, they're they're an independent voters, which take notes, Alabama. Mm-hmm. We have more power it's when we actually <laughs> are an independent possible. voting body, and mm-hmm. we don't we're not just loyal to a side. Wow. It makes it really easy for them to be lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kentucky has a weird little thing going on, which is going to give uh, McGrath is the one running against him. Uh, it's going to give her a chance to just chink the armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you're going to beat Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: not with his money
1: Well, who's really threatening experience. experience um, Let's talk about the Senate then, I guess If you want to talk about that a little bit um, Election-wise, we already talked about So, the most likely seat for the Democrats to lose is ours uh, mm. Senator Jones will most likely lose to Tommy Tuberville mm-hmm. uh, Both mm-hmm. of which we've had in this room and on this podcast mm-hmm. um, It seems Tuberville's pretty much just going to win On just agreeing with Donald Trump uh, That's a pretty smart method mm-hmm. in Alabama um, and painting Doug Jones as a super wow. liberal, which did you doesn't seem like listen he is, to
0: but. Joe Trippi's uh, interview? By the way, a couple weeks not. ago no, with on not. the Hacks on Tap, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's working on the Doug Jones campaign. No, and I'm they, about three weeks behind. Yeah, on they hacks. went through. Um, I mean, they spent a lot of time on it actually. On um, you know what they expected. Um, in order uh, you know, for Doug Jones to keep his seat. And of course mm-hmm. Trippy and working for Doug Jones is, you know, the race is very close and we can you know, we can get, you know, whatever. I mean he I don't disputes believe that yeah, he disputes yeah. the notion that um, you know, that um it was the sexual allegations and things that really helped Doug Jones win the thing before he mentioned I, I don't specifically that. a trip trip by um President Trump um to Alabama. Um you know, right before that mm-hmm. election. And if it had happened a day or two later that he didn't know if they would have been able to overcome, you know, the upswing. So there was a lot going on in that election um, besides Roy Moore. Is, I believe is what it had he was everything
1: saying. to do with the flawed candidacy of mm-hmm. Roy Moore. Um, and, and I, I have well of course
0: Joe Trippi who's working for Doug Jones as you he's said is, is not going to say that because Jones. he's on yeah. the podcast and um, Mike Murphy who um, is uh, has apparently worked around in Alabama including for Jeff Sessions uh, back in the yeah. day yeah. mentioned you know you know, where he thought the race was and he of course you know told him and yeah. the thing that uh, well, it was interesting thing, yeah. that he threw out I didn't look it up but he said you know Alabama went for Trump you know maybe 80 something percent or you know positive approval mm-hmm. ratings and that kind of a thing and that that number has dropped down to, i think was like the high 60s or low 70s mm-hmm. alabama's approval of mm-hmm. trump um and so you know he was just using that as more that that they there but are some votes out the there the day, that they think they're going to
1: get at the end of the day there's there's a president on this ticket that remains quite popular in this state and they're going to check the same bubble you know mm-hmm. they're going to check the guy that agrees with him mm-hmm. on everything does it matter if he's qualified or understands it or is giving you any inclinations of what his policy going no. like? No, no, it doesn't, because that's how yeah. we vote in Alabama, and they're just playing the voters. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a standing bet with a gentleman that frequents our brewery uh, that Doug Jones may be nominated for attorney general uh, because him and Joe Biden are actually close, and so I'm. Um, mm-hmm. it's a $1 bet, so I did Could not invest be. a whole yeah. lot in this. Yeah. But if Joe Biden were to win the presidency, Doug Jones lost his seat. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there, you there go. and uh, you know, wow. so I have a one dollar bet with a guy mm-hmm. for that. We'll see if that happens. It's
0: an interesting theory. We talk about yeah. Doug
1: Jones a lot. Uh, moving to so we talked about Colorado already. You've got a Republican senator, Cory Gardner, that looks like he's going to lose his seat to Mr. Hickenlooper. Uh, in Arizona, the seat formerly held by uh, Senator McCain, uh, now held by. Sally, it looks like she's she's gonna lose. Uh, he's he's a Mr. Kelly, John Kelly, I think. Is his Mark name? Kelly. Mark Kelly. who's mm-hmm. an astronaut, right?
0: Um, both of them are astronauts, right? One yeah. of them is husband to Gabby Gifford, yeah, Gifford and that's yeah. this one, yeah. right? Yeah. This is this is the husband yeah. of Gabby Gifford. Yes.
1: So he's looking he's looking pretty good. Uh, looks like uh, Susan Collins may lose Maine. Uh, a new one to the to the the book here is, is Lindsey Graham. We've talked about Lindsey Graham in this room a little mm-hmm. bit and how i I really watched him morph. I keep up with politics and I watch it. And his demeanor with John McCain and without John McCain seemed to be a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what happened there. If he just let his soul die with John McCain, right. I don't know what happened. Um, but he is. A powerful incumbent senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like South Carolina is really debating on uh, mm-hmm. giving him the old pink slip. Right. Uh,
0: Mike uh, Murphy he, mentioned that in the podcast. He's that dead even. I forget which year it was. I believe maybe 84 or something like that. But there are certain ty- signs that political hacks are looking for. Mm-hmm. And um, if early on election night they see some of those things, and one of them would be Lindsey Graham. This feels like, a, I believe it was not 84 again that yeah. he mentioned, a year that people who had been in office forever woke up without a job the next Day. yeah and he said it kind of feels like that kind of year for him mm-hmm. and if Lindsey Graham is one of those people then you will know you know if if things really start turning on election night then he will know for sure that it is that kind of well, year Well, he's
1: switching to mr Graham is switching to a lot of the the old hokey political tricks on the mm-hmm. campaign trail which it doesn't feel like he should have to do in his right. position because it's basically like Elect me on my body of work, or send me to the house on my body of so work. So you're a senator, but he's literally doing the. He had a press <laughs> which used conference. to be
0: a thing that actually should generate some respect. Yeah. You're a United yeah. States senator. He had you a press conference. Walk accordingly
1: uh, in a gun store. We looked completely uncomfortable. It reminded me of a story you told me mm-hmm. about a candidate who <laughs> got an
0: NRA posing with a gun NRA, uh, yeah, with a and gun asked me, me if it looked <laughs> if it looked okay. Yes, I you that's me a that. true
1: story. And seeing Lindsey Graham in a gun store, I was like. I feel like I would be more comfortable in that gun uh-huh. store than you because at least yeah. I've been around him. I don't mm-hmm. even think you've been around him mm-hmm. uh, And then he's, he's decrying that his opponent should release his tax returns because mm-hmm. he already had. And it was funny because he defended President Trump not releasing his tax return. You know, we mm-hmm. just flip the script when it makes yes. sense for us. But he seems like an incumbent that is flailing. Mm-hmm. And that's very good for the guy that's challenging you. Wow. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're scrambling... They can just feed off of you for the right, rest of the time. Right, because
0: campaign. if we've had some local elections that should have borne this out, if they're really not a threat to you, then just ignore them. Yeah. Just crush them under your yeah. heel like the ant they are and go on about your business. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to do these type of things that you're talking about, mm-hmm. you feed into... The legitimacy argument. That's right. I mean, this person is now legitimate because you know you are doing him. these type you of made things. Him if he's not, then just ignore him mm-hmm. and uh, Senator Graham. What I doing saw
1: that. Uh, one of the one of the big things that's making a lot of these challengers uh, really powerful is the way we can donate money now through uh, like Act Blue is a nonprofit mm-hmm. where you can donate to these candidates specifically. You can do it on your phone with Apple Pay, and you can yep. give them five bucks or ten bucks, and Uh, After uh, Justice Ginsburg died on Friday, I don't know if you saw the amount of money that went into. I don't think uh, I did see that. There's a. (laughs) What is the. uh, I think the name of the organization is Get Mitch or Die Trying. Oh, yeah. uh, Which is a reference to Get Mm -hmm. Rich or Die Trying. And it's a picture of a turtle on its back (laughs) because a lot of people have made comparisons to Mitch McConnell's Uh appearance looking like a turtle. Yeah, a little bit. A uh, pretty funny little thing, but I mean, they—it was like 190 something million dollars mm-hmm. since Friday or something. <laughs> yeah, and raised.
0: we we neglected to mention in our earlier conversation that supposedly she dictated to her daughter a statement yeah, yeah. that suggested that she would like her seat mm-hmm. to remain open. Um, so which,
1: which, as much as I respect her career, I don't respect the the wish because again, mm-hmm. I just you serve serve your time. Right. While you're in office, do your job, and then when you leave, when you're not worried about it anymore. Mm-hmm. If President Trump's in office and there's a vacancy.
0: It's going to gonna happen. It's right? to a point. It's his job. Well, just
1: like President Obama nominated. And one she too, was, was obviously a
0: brilliant individual, and I think that she knew that. Mm, she but but um, she just want to
1: make sure she said it. There all was out. there was
0: one <laughs> last time, and uh, she had uh, complications of pancreatic mm-hmm, cancer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my father, of course, uh, everything relates back to the summer that mm-hmm, we've had, mm-hmm. and and he had liver cancer, and it went um, very quickly. Initially, they thought it might have been pancreatic cancer. But, I, you know, I saw that story from our end, and so I just read it strictly through the personal lens of everything you say in that moment because um, if things are really as bad as, as, of course, they get before you die, you know, you're sleeping a lot. And, and I can tell you nearly everything my father said during the last week mm-hmm. of his life kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so she knew as a Supreme Court justice whether or not this would become reality, that um, everything that she said would be would be taken, um, you know, it would be, it would be front page news. She knew this, mm-hmm. and so just the fact that she chose to put that out there, you know, that her dying wish was, um, lets you know that again, this is the reason. She must have cared about the court. Obviously, she cared about the country and Mm -hmm. those type of things. And so, well, and um, I'm I'm
1: sure she was more. She's more interested in a balance in the judiciary. mm -hmm. You know, if we lean too far to one way, are we Mm -hmm. really getting a balanced judiciary? So I I certainly understand where she's coming from.
0: uh, Right, whether or not it ever happens, the fact that she didn't just go quietly, uh, you know, that Mm -hmm. was. uh, uh, that was something that that popped out to me. but um, but yes, again, the odds are um, let's see somewhere in here there was an AP, there's an AP article. I mean, you're right. they can they can literally, um, you know, confirm someone the day before inauguration day. I mean they have they have that long, there's no time limit on that other than, you know, changing office and the rest of you, you know, taking office. Well, you look
1: at a wild card I didn't mention in all this would be like a Doug Jones here in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know people beat him up for his vote on Kavanaugh. You may not agree with his vote and a lot of people in Alabama don't agree with his vote, but he explained it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that I really appreciated about the way he led in that moment is he wasn't an early, we can't get this guy. There's mm-hmm. too many questions. He waited until the hearings were over, mm-hmm. and he very directly and eloquently like looked into a camera mm-hmm. on his Twitter feed and website mm-hmm. and everywhere else and said, hey, I'm, I'm not voting to confirm him, and mm-hmm. here's why. That. You can disagree with his logic, but it's hard to disagree with how he handled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it the right way. I would expect the same kind of demeanor from him on Trump's nominee here. And so he was willing to give Kavanaugh the consideration all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. And then he felt like some of the things that were brought up kind of made him unfit right. for a justice. Well, let's say you get a candidate that's similar ideologically to to Kavanaugh but doesn't have the baggage. I'd have to believe he could vote for them. You would think so. And so that that's another wild card in favor. You know, he, mm-hmm. he could be a Democrat that goes goes the other mm-hmm. direction too. So,
0: Well, and that's why appointments, you know, they're just very um, – they're very important and they should be mm-hmm. taken uh seriously, you know, outside the bounds of politics and even mm-hmm. the process of how presidents choose particular nominees and things like that. The whole reason that Obama chose Merrick Garland was because he thought this guy has to be confirmable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is He got a moderate judge. Not, you know, crazy, you know, liberal and and he is qualified as mm-hmm. most people I don't think they've been too many instances of where someone who was just truly unqualified was nominated to the court. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just poor planning. If that's what you well, do, well, let's talk about. that But a little uh, bit. So, his nominee should should be highly qualified. I mean, right. he should be. Yeah, and it looks or like she.
1: It looks like a she, and it looks yeah. like the top five are all qualified. So you're mm-hmm. not having any issues there. We're gonna we're gonna really get into like integrity top stuff mm-hmm. at this point. And um, I think one of the biggest faux pas is that. Judicial nominees uh, can, can have is talking about how they feel about laws out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a case that you may see one day, you don't need to be discussing mm-hmm. it out loud. You just need to, just, point. Need to judge it. And so that's going to be something I think comes up specifically with his frontrunner. Um, uh, Amy Coney Barrett is his frontrunner. She's in Chicago now. She's she's a Notre Dame girl, graduated mm-hmm. there, has a family and everything. Uh, she, has, she was a devout Catholic, so they really try to beat her up. When she was nominated for her current seat, she was really beat up by maybe her opinions on abortion because we know kind of where the Catholic church sits. Mm -hmm. And so they really hammered that. I see that being the angle that they take Mm -hmm. in this this as well. As long as she does exactly as she should. Which is say, hey. which in recent years,
0: um, I forget the, the the incident, but you know there was an incident a few years ago where Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, yeah. got uh, I forget uh, again into even what form she was speaking, but she publicly made comments that were um, considered unbecoming mm-hmm. of a, super- a sitting Supreme uh, Court she, justice.
1: She literally said something about her about President Trump. Oh, is that what she it was? It was just a president comment? Okay, and I thought it was over some she particular ended up like issue. A, issuing an apology yeah. later, it wasn't like a court issue. It was, right. Giving, right. Issue. It was giving opinions on politics, right. and it was unbecoming of her position. And she right. owned it, and she and did. said, "I shouldn't yes. have done that. Right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, my emotions get the better of me I right. guess, on this particular day." Um, but I, I think we'll get we'll get the nominee. It looks like it's going to be Miss Barrett, and uh, she's 48, 45. Mm-hmm. I, she's young. She's going to serve for a long mm-hmm. time. She seems qualified. Uh, and it, as long as she doesn't have moral skeletons in her closet, she, wow. she's gonna she's gonna pass right through mm-hmm. uh, and make it to the to the court. And then I think you, if you do have a Joe Biden presidency, he doesn't get any justices, mm-hmm. and we have this this particular makeup of the court for mm-hmm. a while.
0: Well, um, and we f- we failed to mention, and and we'll move on to our ending. But um, the Democrats never. Um, emphasize the importance of the court in elections it is republicans no, mm-hmm. who talk about um and that's one of the things that move president trump from just you know hey i like how this guy mm-hmm. you know tells people off to oh you know like i i kind of can vote for him is when he released that list yeah. of names well, which was unprecedented Well,
1: on top of that let me tell you um I personally believe that with Trump, it's like 99% noise and 1% substance. Mm-hmm. He, he beats a drum a lot. It's his brand, and it works for him, mm-hmm. and he gets him votes, and it's fine, and it's what he used in his businesses for years. What? I prefer substance to noise. But when we're talking about a look back at history on the Trump presidency, um, let's leave COVID-19 out of it for now, the actual significant Things of his presidency, it's going to be judgeships. Mm-hmm. Um, he has packed courts all across this mm-hmm. nation with conservative judges. He and as a nominee, he delivered he on what he said he would do. for his Said
0: voters. what he would do. He had mm-hmm. a lot of help um, with people mm-hmm. who take that kind of thing seriously. And he, um, as you said, whether or not he is a uh, political genius, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Uh, you know, anyone would argue that. Well, you know what he was, smart? but he knows. Branding He knows salesmanship Let me tell you What he was smart enough And to do, he isn't? realized Very quickly That justices And, and courts And things Are important Blasting To Republican Empire, voters yeah. And it is a way And as I just told you uh, If uh, This happens You know Confirmation And everything he will be the first person since Reagan to have more than two people confirmed. Mm-hmm. And he's only had one term if he that's were to it. be yeah. uh, reelected. And if something were to happen, I know you said obviously right. it may right. not, but let's just say somebody else decides to step down for mm-hmm. whatever reason and he gets another one, uh, you know, who knows what could happen in that second term of yeah. his. But yeah. he, for all the things that he didn't, you know, kind of figured out the importance of early on, that's uh, the confirmation bias really made the argument that, That's something that he, as you said, he understood the importance of it. He released it. It convinced a lot of people. And then he did what he said he was going to do. You know, he didn't release the list of names and then... Which may be the only box that you can fully check in that He didn't release a list of names and then nominate (laughs) different people. Um, So, you know, lesson learned there. And it would be, uh, with every president, there's... um, you know, there's always the ironies like George W. Bush, you know, like foreign policy not being his thing, and he mm-hmm. becomes a wartime president. Mm-hmm. There's always, mm-hmm. you know, there's always something, you know, history chooses you. What and in t- this case, you're, I think you're absolutely correct in That's that be, a yeah. correct. Um, <laughs> Uh, assessment mm-hmm. of his of his term, whether it be one or two, um, would definitely involve that his impact on the courts will be lasting. It's going to be felt They for will be, yeah. and he understood that.
1: And it really, uh, uh, to me, it's a testament to the thing that the Republican Party was prepared for, because it's not like Donald Trump just walked in and he had this list of judges in his pocket. No, 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 no. there's a, and there's a like, conservative, and I forget like, the yeah, name of here, it. Here, let's pick this guy, I've got mm-hmm. him on my list. Uh, there was a very concerted effort on their part to mm-hmm. once they got him in, they're like, "Hey, bud, they gave it to him. <laughs> we gonna railroad some judges. Let's mm-hmm. go for it." Uh, he actually had his the counsel to the White House when he first took office. As is the case with Donald Trump, he's probably five other candidates removed from that mm-hmm. person. By yeah, now, several people. Nobody lasts around there. Uh, but his name was Don McGann. And uh, he's he's actually quite the libertarian uh, mm-hmm. that snuck into the Republican circles. Uh, he believes in the hands off judges. Mm-hmm. Don't don't you don't create laws. You just interpret them and wow. he really felt like courts over the last 20 years or so had overreached. And in his role as a counsel to the White House. Uh, he used his leverage mm-hmm. for the court, specifically mm-hmm. for Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch and for Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And if you actually recall, uh, Brett Kavanaugh became very combative in the hearings, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. I actually thought it was very unbecoming of a judge it myself. It was, a little bit. That was under the advice of Mr. McGann. Mr. Mm-hmm. McGann told me to go ahead and fight and then show the passion and the fire and go mm-hmm. get out this the other side. And sure mm-hmm. enough, he was right. It worked. Yes. Um, but he had these people around him that helped him kind of mm-hmm. get the judges. Well,
0: nomination hearings are... Um, wretched, aren't they? Um, you know, I Ooh. actually... Listen to. I remember back in the day, um, going to to college at UAB when uh, John Roberts hearings were, and since Bork, that's the name that comes up. Um, they're just really. Um, They're just really difficult. They're just really Mm -hmm. not newsworthy. There's Mm -hmm. nothing there. You're going to be told, and that's why people do remember him showing a little bit of fire Mm -hmm. because generally what you're supposed to do is just say, you know, on advice of counsel or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you're really just supposed to, you know, bypass a lot of the really juicy questions. Especially
1: when you're a judicial nominee. You really can't talk about cases. Mm-hmm. You know, they ask you about your opinion on abortion. You really can't answer yeah, that you really because can't. you need to answer a case when it's in front of you, right. not a hypothetical really in, in a hearing. Mm-hmm. So you really you can't give substance. Um,
0: so there there'll be some. We can maybe talk next time about the the uh, electoral ramifications of this. I mean, does this become? It obviously has become the story. First, we were talking COVID, and then we yeah. were talking. I mean, scandals and and. Um, you know, all the things that have happened again, so many things, so many things have happened, but, um, you know, does this have any sort of, um, you know, electoral, what happens on election day and that kind of a thing, because if you're not talking, if you're not talking about these things that either, uh, benefit Trump or don't benefit Trump or benefit Biden or don't benefit Mm -hmm. Biden, then, you know, every day that goes by where you don't get your message out there is just, you know is just a day that you lose on the campaign and it's yeah. it's happening too quickly for you yeah. to overcome that. So Well and it's
1: such a different campaign season. Uh you know, we've mm-hmm. got the jokes mm-hmm. with Joe Biden finally got out of his mm-hmm. basement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Trump continues so, to hold the um, so, We've got a lot to talk about. Leave
0: it uh leave it to Justice Ginsburg that we <laughs> we, we, we have show. um after starting with the you know all the diversity and all and everything, so we essentially have once again Two men for office, two white men who've Mm -hmm. who've been around for for a while, whether or not, you know, one of them hasn't been in politics, but, you know, been around for a while. And that was the story. And, you know, Kamala Harris had become the pick and there was Mm -hmm. a little bit of, okay, women of color and that's historic, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it really wasn't gaining that much thing. And yet here we sit right here before the election talking about, um, you know. Talking about a female, she has inserted herself directly into the middle of this race. Well, and Uh, I'm ready
1: for us to have our episode uh, post-vice presidential debate, mm -hmm. and i got to check the date on that, and I'm just going to be real clear. It's not like I have a rooting interest, honestly, in the debate. Um, I feel like it's a real skill set for Miss Prosecutor Harris, Mm -hmm. and it's not just a natural source of strength for – Wednesday, October 7th, when that's coming up. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a real strength for the vice president. I think he's good with his prepared remarks. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I've seen him off the cuff, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a strength for him. No no ill will towards him. Mm -hmm. We all have strengths and weaknesses. So I'm very interested in vice presidential debates. The presidential debates, spoiler alert, you're going to see two old white men fumbling about their words, like one would imagine. We, we can assess that all we want to. One would uh, imagine that's pretty much what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the vice presidential debates, I think we'll have a little spark. It's going to be a little so bit more a little entertaining. More excited, which I think there's only one vice presidential debate. Yes, I don't think they do more than one. Yeah, I'm actually more excited about that one. But also, and let's be real clear: no matter what team you're on or where you're where you're sitting, if Joe Biden is to win, if he wins the presidency in November. You're pretty much going to see Kamala Harris be the front runner uh, mm-hmm. for the next presidential election. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably from day one, Which she's is... going to have some kind of weird phantom campaign going. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's mm-hmm. some undertones there. <laughs> some undertones. There's some stories.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, I really hate that while that process went down, we weren't still doing no. um, we weren't still doing things because I was I, I I as much as I was paying attention to it, I was just like,
1: well, we had other things going on in life. Hmm. So yeah. Hmm. hmm. We, we can talk about it. And I think, let's dive um, in Let's dive in next week on that. Uh, we'll talk about the, the election PPT. stuff. Let's talk about where we are polling-wise and, and what it looks like and mm-hmm. how it's shaping up.
0: Which states are in play uh, and, and how much matters. they're in play. And
1: what matters. And, and again, and I've said this over and over in this room, we don't matter, out. We don't matter. They've already counted our electoral votes. <laughs> you don't matter. We don't matter. Um, you don't. So let's talk about what does matter. Let's mm-hmm. talk about those swing states that Trump was able to carry but Obama carried. And let's talk about that blue wall. There's three or four of those states that Trump carried mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that he had no business carrying mm-hmm. in, in terms of the Electoral College. Let's talk about that and where those states are looking because, honestly, that's all that matters in this election. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're talking about the results. There's a handful of them. Uh, it, those are the ones that matter. So we can talk about that, and I think we can pepper in. Uh, we've had municipal elections uh, locally. We did. I think we can pepper in some of that, those, uh, those new uh, you didn't office. win, by the way. <laughs> I didn't run, thank you. But, spo- <laughs> but spoiler
0: alert, you weren't I, on the I ballot. I didn't
1: win. I uh, wasn't on the ballot, and I'm still married. So mm-hmm. all those things happened. Yeah. Um, not that she gave me an ultimatum or anything, just it was a, it was a promise I made.
0: You know, you're super, not the first person uh, who holds an elected office that has um, joked about uh, and I'm sure it's not joking. I mean, uh, the the marriage still it's being tough. intact.
1: It's tough, and I and without going too deep, uh, and I'm not talking about people talking garbage about me on Facebook. None of that matters to me. It may matter to my wife. It's never mattered to me. If you really are trying to serve your public, and, and let's just say on my scale how small it is, I go to two meetings a month, mm-hmm. and I check in you know daily with my clerk, and there's emails and drop ins mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Every little bit of that time that I'm giving to the city, mm-hmm. I'm not giving to my wife or my mm-hmm. kid. I mean, that's a real thing. That's a true story. And so that's, that's something that people should always consider, even when it's somebody you don't agree with or you don't think they're doing a good job. At the end of the day, they're sacrificing they're time from you their time. family that you aren't. And, and that, that's a true. Real thing, and that's a burden in a household. Really, mm-hmm. she's been fantastic for for my eight years, and she's but the never patience really wears thin. Yeah, <laughs> I don't plan on wearing her out for any more yeah. years for now. Yeah,
0: so, so we'll uh, we you can look forward to that. Maybe at some point, I feel like maybe we'll just sit down once you're no longer mayor yeah. and talk about how things I talk went. About right. Well, we joke about you, you came in as the, the millennial that was going <laughs> to set the world on fire, and eight years later, the world's on fire. But I don't think. You said
1: yeah. it. Uh- I did not set that fire, and in. in fact, I think I caught on fire at one point, but I put my fire out. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so uh, you know, there's uh, there's still time for me to set the. World I was on the surprised fire out. That, that that this that um our the Cordova election really wasn't a referendum on on you so much. You didn't get brought up.
1: And I was very happy In a lot about of things, that. yeah. Um, they just forgot it. I existed <laughs> they did, and it did not insult me at all. Yeah. I was pretty happy. They really did. They <laughs> really did, not so yes. So we're in the middle of that transition now, and I can talk a little bit about that and the things. So that'll we're, be. We're doing
0: and, that'll and be uh, one of our episodes just talking yeah. about Cordova
1: well we'll catch up on the county I think and just where we are and where the leadership changes are and mm-hmm. you know if PDL is one again in Summitson for mm-hmm. the 24th Were you
0: hanging on to your, your seat for that one <laughs> um, yeah that's funny
1: all right, well, I'm glad we're back. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about. We've got uh, lots of things. What's shaping up to be a pretty unique presidential election, even though it's two old white guys, the mm-hmm. circumstances surrounding the election are well, unique.
0: Well, did, did you expect any different? I mean, I did, honestly. For this, for the diverse
1: this? field that the Democrats had in the beginning. No, like, I just meant that, oh, you're I mean, talking the, about the election that. cycle,
0: like, it continues <laughs> to defy, you know, oh. logic. Like I said, I just told you that, you know, only. Yeah. Five times, four times yeah. since our parents yeah. would have been alive, how well, Supreme court, court justices died, and we've it, now had be, two in election years.
1: Would it be 2020 if it wasn't weird? It year. wouldn't be. It I wouldn't mean, be. I've been watching Tom Brady for two weeks, not in a Patriots uniform. This year's not. It's not right. Something's yeah. Weird. And I've rooted for Cam Newton for Zach two weeks. Zach was concerned
0: right. about you the other night. He said, it must really suck for Drew. Cause I'm
1: actively rooting for Cam Newton. I don't even know who I am anymore. The Red Sox
0: situation. He, I'm not even he has you, you in his well. thoughts and prayers. Well, thank you, Zach. Um, so uh, we'll end with this, obviously, because of, of things happening in the family. Um, it sounds morbid, but have um, become really interested in, you know, Prayers that are said for the dead mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. different—just uh, just different things to do with with death and grieving—and found this. Um, I'll source it, even though it someone embarrasses me to do so. um I did not pay money for this, by the way. On Libby, this comes from Oprah's <laughs> magazine. Oprah did a whole oh, right. thing on on yeah. uh, death, right? And so this is this is really the only thing I took out of that section, but it. Uh, so it's expressions from across the globe that you um, that you say in times after somebody has passed away. Um, and I just thought, since we've spent so much time speaking of Justice Ginsburg, um, my favorite among these I would use as the ending, and it comes from Turkey. May she rest in heavenly light.
1: I dig that one. It's simple.
0: Mm-hmm. So we will see you next week, and thanks for being back with us. See you guys. Left on Red is a DME Media Production. Copyright 2020, Daily Mountain Eagle.